Welcome to Doug and Joe Talk. I'm Doug. I'm Joe. Good to be back. I'm sweating just a little. Yeah, it's kind of a warm day. It is. You know, in an autumn sort of way. Yeah, we. I, th- I thought we got rid of the hot because we had, I don't know, two or three nice autumn days in a row. Like, I actually got a jacket out one day. I'm like, yeah, yeah, falls here. And it's like, nope, nope, it's 90 today. <laughs> well, and it's bizarre, too, because, I mean... And we can talk about the weather, because we sit around with our friends and talk about the weather. It's like sitting down with our friends. But uh, I think that... uh, It sounds like this is like our last shebang for heat, though, because it's supposed to be almost 90 today. And pretty hot tomorrow. Almost 80 tomorrow, and then then highs in like the 60s. -hmm. So So this might be it. That'll be nice. I'm looking forward to highs in the 60s. I'm that kind of guy. Me too. I love fall. Spring's obviously second, but mild weather. But fall is is Mm -hmm. like my time. I love when it's just cold enough where I have to wear a jacket so I can if I want to. Yep. And and I'm the kind of guy, depending on where I'm going, like I'll grab a really nice suit jacket and put it on. Okay. Um, Just because I like nice suit jackets. It makes me feel, I don't know. Snobby British or something. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but it makes you feel old worldy. Something like that. But if I'm just like going to the park with the girls, I'd grab a hoodie or something. Sure. So, well, now that we talked about the weather a little bit, we should talk about this cigar because I actually think it's kind of fitting. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's just hot enough. We're sweating a little. We got a light fan helping blow the breeze through the garage. And and I said I'm really glad we're having a mild cigar, and I am. I think when it's hotter. Something, it's something about just having a mild cigar is a little bit nicer, sucking down some more water, not mm-hmm. not having a really, really bold cigar. And this is... Same with beers. Yeah. I, at least that's I, my Maybe, preference. yeah. I wouldn't want a heavy beer no. on a hot, sweaty day. No. Um, in fact, when I bailed hay when I was 14, probably not supposed to say I drank when I was 14, but <laughs> after bailing hay for this dude, there were like about a dozen of us teenagers in, a, in high school went down to his... His son took us down to his keg in the basement. We all got ice-cold uh, Bud Light, two or three glasses of it after we bailed hay. It wasn't no party. We just... It, yeah. but, but Made uh, you feel good. Well, it's probably <laughs> the only time in my life when I really felt, like, the carb oh, of beer. Because yeah, yeah. a lot of times, oh, if I'm drinking sure. beer, I'm just, I'm just sipping beer. But I was like, I was burnt the whole day, a big, long, sweating day, and drank that, and it's just like carb rejuvenation. Yeah. It's like my body felt... The carbs coming back in, so for sure. Mm. What well, should I? Uh, okay, so you've already said what we're smoking. I didn't. Oh, you didn't. No, it's uh, Baccarat the game, which is it might be like the only Baccarat. I don't think you have to say the game because I think it's kind. Of, there's only like three really? cigars. I, I don't think they make very many cigars. Um, but this is their their standard natural cigar, and this is a Churchill. It is a Churchill, which means it's uh, and, and Churchill isn't. A completely standard size, but it's it's almost always like seven by forty eight. But this one's seven by fifty, and it so. runs about five dollars and fifteen cents. If you want a nice mild cigar, this is great. It is sweet tipped, but it's not infused. And I love the sweet tip on this cigar. Yeah, we both do. Yeah. So uh, you wanna? Yeah, I'll read you the yeah. description here. It says the the Baccarat cigars are handmade in Honduras, in order to combine the heavenly climate with the nutrient rich earth, resulting in ideal growing conditions and a full bodied tobacco. Uh, skipping a little bit that we don't want to talk about yet, it says that uh, they're highly esteemed for their balanced, mellow-medium strength, mouth-wateringly sweet taste, and gum cap, and the seductively smooth smoking experience they provide. Uh, the Baccarat brand of cigars are rooted in the world-class Rancho Hamastran factory in Honduras, and uses binders that hail from Mexico. 
I think I might have read that it might be the San Andreas binder, but I'm not sure. I don't. I wonder. Wanna, I don't it doesn't say, say here. I don't want to say that if it's not true. I might have read that. But one of the things is neat. This is this is. Um, we smoked a lot of those lately. The San Andreas binders. Yeah, quite a you know, four, four or five at least. Yeah. Um, this is the cigar that taught me because I researched. It's like, oh, why does it have this sweet cap? It's like I like it a lot. But then I found out that um, quite a few, or, or at least a few Cuban cigars had sweet, sweet caps. But they weren't. They didn't necessarily do it to sweeten the caps. That was the the natural gummy stuff they ah, used to smear on the cap and hold it on. Just had yeah, it was just had some natural stuff awesome. in it that was sweet. So um, you know, you just got this natural sweetness on the tip. And uh, um, this is one of my favorite. Mellow cigars, one of one of my favoriteest. I don't know how you how you say that. One of my most favorite. I think. It would yeah, be. that's that's the correct grammar because that matters. <laughs> don't want somebody <laughs> commenting. Don't on, don't want people to think that we right. don't talk right. Don't firebomb my house because I didn't use correct <laughs> grammar. Anyway, grammar Nazis. Yeah, <laughs> the V one grammar Nazi rocket, very deadly. Mm. So, I guess we should talk about the cigar. Um. I'm kind of I'm kind of biased because I already know I like it. I think Joe's had it before as well. I, I don't so. know if he remembers it, but um, it's sweet and I, I as best as I can tell. And it's it's hard to tell because the cap is is sweet, but the smoke is sweet. I think without the sweetened cap, and it would be what I would call standard Connecticut, but it's a little mm-hmm. more little more strength than a standard mm-hmm. Connecticut. And I think the fillers probably just got a little more wow in it. There's a, there's just barely any. I think I'm not sure, but I think there's barely a little bit of spice on my tongue. Mm. Retro hails, nice, pretty mild. Kind of, I think the graham crackery thing is what's going to come out in this one. Get a little nut. I'm getting a little. Yeah. Seems like a little nut, nut in there. Yeah, you're right. Maybe a little bit of that mineral too that we're just trying to get used to identifying and I'm going to fight my urge to like since I've had it before like I feel like I know what I'm supposed to taste and I'm going to kind of try to fight that urge and just yeah. what am I tasting right now so I think I think I'm going to stop with what I've said you can add more if you want no it's it's uh, I, it's it's definitely one of the days when mm-hmm. the timing worked out right I think we may have said that already but nice it's a warm day but we'd have kind of a cool breeze yep. it's getting later in the day so it's already cooling off but uh, it's perfect cigar for a warm day. Not not a super heavy, dark. Yeah. Sometimes days get so hot. I don't. I don't want to have a smoke. Yeah. You know. Um, mm-hmm. it's just not as fun if it's if it's too hot. I'd rather just sit down and down like half a gallon of really good iced tea or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, well, the the world is moving. Even if we don't, I don't. We we missed a couple weeks, and then we did a podcast, and then we missed a week, and. I think here's where we are today. Kind of hit and miss. Yeah. What's funny is that the political, like, as far as political things go, it seems like things are... It, okay, so here's what I'm trying to say. If you watch the news or listen to commentators, they're all worked up. But really nothing new is happening. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we kind of talked about a lot of things. It, it was kind of funny. I, I like listening to Andrew Clavin, and his, his openings are always just hilarious you know, the first I don't know 62nd monologue he does at the beginning and which are intended to be funny and then he usually does like a minute or two 
intro after the monologue, but the monologues are just goofy. And his whole monologue today was basically, I'm you know I'm not going to be funny like he was, but it's basically like there was a report, there was a nothing report about this something of nothing that, that <laughs> nothing happened, and but they tried to make you think that this yeah. was, and it's like, <laughs> like, yep, that's kind of the news, and it feels like it's been that way for the last two or three weeks. It's yeah. been Biden, Ukraine, Trump, Russia rehash, mm-hmm. and it's just. Okay, and nothing's happening. It's just trying to make a story out of something that's not a story. Yeah, yeah which, which okay, so there, I think that there's some pros and cons to that. Obviously, we've talked about in previous episodes, previous times we've been together, we talked about fatigue and how we're just, we get tired of listening to the same thing all, over and over again. Yeah. However, there's kind of a flip side, I think, that is, is good, and that is that when the news cycle talks about the same thing for so long, more people sort of get it, which... Which is kind of nice because I feel like in yeah. in past years, I felt like the guy that sort of knows what's going on and nobody else is paying attention. But it's I guess when the news lingers like this, it's more and more people start to become actually aware of what is actually happening. Well, and it's, and it's nice. nice. I like it when it slows down too because the news cycle is like about two hours. Here's this story. Oh, now there's a new story. Oh, now there's and it's yeah. because. And someone way smarter than me said this. It's because we have a 24-hour news cycle now. So any story that is a story gets hashed and rehashed, and then they take stories that aren't stories because they have to have some other stories right. <laughs> in the 24-hour news cycle. To you know, to man, then they take stories that aren't stories but could maybe be stories, but they want to get to the story before anybody else gets right. to the story and make a story out of it. But it might not be a story so they yet. Run with it before they. Yeah, get it. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. This is just getting stupid. <laughs> well, and, that, and it really exacerbates the problem of this fake news thing, too, where you've got... I just was... Uh, on the way here, Rush Limbaugh was talking about a news story that had broke, apparently, overnight. I'm trying to remember what it was. Because it's one of those things like, oh, yeah, we, we've heard this already. Yeah. Um, but... <clears throat> oh, I know what it was. It was about this, quote-unquote, whistleblower, which maybe we could talk about that, mm-hmm. that, that uh, has supposedly, you know, tattletailed on... Trump and his discussion with the Ukraine, Ukrainian president or whatever. Anyway, it was this story about how he's fearing for his life, that he's under federal protection, and that he's running scared and is afraid, whatever. So some really, really, really big news agencies reported on this less than an hour after it, was, after it broke, an attorney representing the quote-unquote whistleblower, which I'm not going to call I'm going to call him the quote-unquote whistleblower because yeah, I think yeah. that's bunking. Yeah, he's but, not a whistleblower. Um, the, the lawyer representing this guy or gal, or whatever she is, um, said, this is not true, he's not fearing for his life, he's not under federal protection, and yet, these news agencies, which are big ones, still have their tweets out, still have these stories out, so, in this rush to break the story, and in the rush to break a story that is going to propel their agenda, they're not even close to fact-checking stuff. And in, a, and in an environment that we have now where you can just tweet it and boom, it goes out to everybody, it's, I mean, it's a problem. Yeah, I, I don't, I really don't want to stick up for the mainstream news media, but imagine trying oh, to yeah. manage no, I get it, yeah. a whole, you know, whatever, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of stories going out on your own Twitter, on your own Facebook, and then, ma- then if you can, if it's even, you can legal legally manage your staff what goes out on their Twitters and their Facebooks it's just it's got to be nearly impossible I mean if I'm handling one Facebook page and I put something out that's wrong I'm going to be like 
I'll either just delete it or I might comment on it and say, whoops, that was actually wrong. Right. Here's the correction, you know. But I couldn't imagine doing it, yeah. you know, on a on a business level like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And then you're... Oh. No, sorry. No, I just okay. heard, I heard this and I don't know the de- details. I want to ask you if this is true. And I, I heard it like when I was in the tub listening to a podcast right before we met, getting that pig stink washed off of me. I... It sounded like the rules for whistleblowing were changed by an intelligence agency previous to this whistleblower. Like right before. Right before. Like right before. So yeah. that they would be a whistleblower because if the rules hadn't been changed, and they not wouldn't. A traitor? Or? Wouldn't, yeah, wouldn't have been a whistleblower. <laughs> well, but apparently you had to have firsthand, like, uh. like you, you had to have been on the phone with Trump and heard it in order to be a whistleblower. And this person wasn't, but they changed yeah. the rules right before. And I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's so word. much about it. They they've released a transcript, have they not? Did you read it? No, I didn't either. But some people that I guess I trust, and I use that word cautiously, uh, have, and apparently there's nothing to it. If we ever have a job where we're paid, you know. Maybe even part-time, but for sure full-time, maybe even part-time, I would research stuff more myself. But I, but at this point in, yeah. I think, in our life... Yeah, we're, we're just like every other... Yeah, we're going to have yeah. to listen to people we trust. Mm-hmm. And at some level, everybody has to do that. Right. Um, you know, some people may listen to things we say and trust us, mm-hmm. um, but that's just, that's just how it goes in the world of today. There's too much information out there to get mm-hmm. first-hand information and verify it all. I... I just think that, so I, I was going to raise a point about not only do these companies, these news companies that are tweeting things out and trying to break stories, not only do they have to worry about their content, but also a lot of them are selling advertising on their content as well. So then you also have to worry about advertisers if you go to retract something, I suppose. I mean, I, I don't even well, know I never, how I about never, it. I never thought about that. But uh, anyway, back to uh, back to the the story the whistleblower quote-unquote whistleblower and all this stuff i think it's it's so apparent to me and it's becoming more and more apparent and i'm glad i'm seeing some memes and some uh, some things that are talking about this but it's so i think it's increasingly in the public eye that these people that are making such a stink about trump and trying to pin like russian collusion excuse me or uh ukrainian uh what do you would you call that even is that what's the crime are they saying it's a crime um, what did the Ukraine do that was a crime? Well, he's saying that they put pressure on Ukraine to investigate Biden and his son. Anyway, whatever yeah, they're, whatever yeah. they're calling it, it's increasingly apparent to me, and I think many others, that they don't the, the the people that are pursuing these charges don't care about nailing Trump with anything. They care about covering up their past misdeeds. Yeah, and especially it's clear with this Biden thing. This is it stinks to high heaven. In my opinion, yeah, and you know, I, there, I don't want to sound too complacent here, but I'm going to try to honestly speak of how I feel and how I've been acting. So, and so maybe I am complacent, and, and it's okay. But when I hear about a dad trying to lobby for his son, on some level, it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, use your power to do it. It it, it does seem like he did something that was uh, legally wrong, at least in our country. Yeah. I would say it would be ethically wrong anywhere, maybe, to do that. Just fire this guy. And we don't 
I don't know 100% for sure, and I don't know that anybody does, that he did it because of his son. I think there's probably enough of a link that it's pretty obvious that he did. Yeah. But, but that, you know, it's hard to prove intent. Um, but it's like, okay, yeah, so he did it for his son. Son made a bunch of money. Man, I wish my dad could have. Could have got me $50,000 a month job. That would been nice. Yeah. You know? Um, but, okay, so he was shady and he did this. But the, And they're just trying to cover up for that fact by bringing all this stuff up about Trump. And, <clears throat> the, 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 and so I'm just like, I kind of don't care. The, the, thing that I, the thing that I do care a little bit about is I wonder, because I've heard people say this on some level, a president, because he is the leader of a country, and particularly in foreign affairs, it gets a little more, little more hairy. They have to have some protection and freedom to get on the phone with another world leader and be like, "Hey, come on, right? You know, we're we're trying to help you out here, but come on, what do you? I mean, we got yeah, reciprocate. it's his job. Yeah, to it's his job to do that. Reciprocity. But I don't want him to do anything illegal. But I, but he does still have to be what, what's a good word sly i don't know if that's a good word he has uh, to be able to wield the full power of the nation of that who he's we leading. are yeah and exactly. if he can't do that then then he can't do his job i man we okay so we've like got a lot of plates spinning here yeah. there's so many yeah. different ways that we could go in directions that we could go on this but i really to me that that that, that might be the thing well, they, there's a lot of things in here that make me angry. One of the things that makes me the most angry is the loss of is the loss of privacy issue. I mean, uh, for him, for the president, yeah. yeah. Well, and and it's not, I don't think it's the same as with everybody else. Mm-hmm. I think it's actually kind of heightened. You that, have to have executive privilege, well, like you just said, right? But there are checks. There are checks there because sure. every phone call is listened to by X number of people. So there there are checks, and so, and, I, and I think I trust that. If it if it had been Obama, I would I would say the same thing. He needs to have the ability to do that. And Somebody was calling for transcripts of his phone calls with Iran during that whole deal. Like, <laughs> Come on, let's see them. Oh my! <laughs> you know I, the the thing that frustrates me the most, and and I suppose that we do need these checks. Remember, once I just said I'm tired of all this stuff, and I wish they'd just make some laws. <laughs> it does seem like the news cycle is never about. Oh, here's the new law from the Republicans. Oh, here's the here's the rewrite from the Democrats. Let's look never, at it. Let's let's talk about what's going to happen that. with with immigration. Oh no, we're talking about why the Democrats are are scum and are cheating and are bad and talking about why Trump's bad. It's like I don't want to talk about all that. Yeah. How about this? Send me a transcript of this these two policies and let's hash through it and figure out Man, what might I, be best for our country. That's a know? that is a square right on point. I have, I don't even know the last time I heard any news or commentary or even knew about what legislation was going on. I mean, I guess Obamacare was, they were talking about that. Yeah. Uh. Oh my. So, yeah. We got I gotta to, believe that there's some good things happening legislatively somewhere. I got this. At the state level or national, whatever. I hope so. I got this image of, I, 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 I hope this isn't too stereotypically racist, but Chinese, for some reason I think Chinese people spin plates of a Chinese lady with those little poles. Yeah, yeah. Like eight plates. Because when you said spinning mm. plates, that's all I can see now. Yeah, it's like, what's, what's, what's on these plates? A lot of discussion. Yeah. So we can go. <laughs> it's like we go all kinds of different directions. <sighs> but um, I, I, do, I am glad that we talked about that kind of an executive privilege because I do think the leader, particularly in foreign affairs, needs some freedom to, I like that, wield, wield the power of the nation he represents. I do think that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, and that does seem to be 
like a hyper privilege. That's that's not something we get. Yeah, but that's that's why you, we have one president that gets elected. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a big privilege. If the people say yeah. this is the guy we want, that well, that's a huge thing. And I think that everything that the that the Democrats, I, was, I mean, just label them Democrats, they're trying to do is they're bitter about losing the election. They're trying to still act like they hold the presidency when they don't. I heard an old recording of Hillary. She just sounds silly every time she talks about the the, the election being you know, illegitimate, like Trump being an illegitimate president. It, it's just it's just silly. It's like... Uh, did you see the poll that Donna Brazil did? No. Okay, you finish no, what t- you're saying, okay. talking about, and then I'll um, well, jump on so, and then I, well, I, I, have a I, I was just saying I heard the, I heard the recording of, of Hillary. That's all I was saying. Oh, okay. She just sounded dorky. You know, sounds like an idiot. Just... Yeah, so go ahead, Brazil. So, well, let's Brazil. do a cigar, cigar update, update, and then okay. I'll right, go to the poll. So, um... Well, um, you, you want to start? Yeah, okay. <clears throat> So, one thing I'm noticing about this, um, it's staying nice and light and sweet. I have a harder time identifying notes when it is lighter, and that's probably for everybody. Um, but I, so, so I still kind of revert to my I like it or I don't like it when I'm smoking a light cigar. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am getting a little bit of that nut, and there's a little bit of a... There's a when I retrohale, there's a little bit of a, a spice... That I'm getting, it's almost like a. Sometimes it reminds me of almost an Italian spice, or a. Or a conifer type of thing mm. that's happening. I don't know where that's coming from, but just kind of was there. Could it be cedar? Could be cedar. Yeah. That would just be my my guess. I just retrohaled and tried to guess. I'm yeah. I'm could, not sure. Yeah, it could be a cedar. It could be a cedar. Cedar and a little bit of that nut. I like that. Um. So. Something atypical is I, I think the foot smoke is kind of sweet, and I'm trying to. Am, am I getting deceived by the sweetness on my tongue? It's hard to tell. Yeah. But I think the foot smoke has a little bit of sweetness to it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna put my put my finger on something that I think I'm just tasting, and it's a combination of the palate and the retrohale together. I think I'm just getting this, and maybe the foot smoke too. Maybe all of that together is giving me just this light chocolate milk like imagine there was a glass of chocolate milk there and as i'm smoking i'm like am i tasting you know when you breathe through your mouth you know mm-hmm. am i am i breathe smelling it or am i tasting it that kind of sensation yeah. in, my, in my mouth of like chocolate milk and uh which is which is a little interesting um i still liking the sweet cap. There's nothing really... I don't think there's much changing. I think I'm just identifying mm-hmm. yeah. what, what's all what's been there. I agree. I don't think it's a transition. Um, so, yeah. I think that's good for now. We'll we'll dig into it a little more. It's easier to retrohale with this cigar than with some, <laughs> yeah. some of our cigars. Mm-hmm, um, for sure. So... Um, okay, so this poll... Did you, okay, so Donna Brazil did a Twitter poll. You can you can do a little thing on on, twi- on the okay. twi- on the Twitter uh, where you can make a poll. So she asked the tweet tweetosphere. She asked Twitter if Donald Trump was a legitimate president. Is he even a legitimate president? And wow. I don't know if the polls it, it, ended. Would, which would she lean one direction or the other? Oh, I think she would say he's not legitimate. Okay. Right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Like you were just. That's what reminded me is when you uh-huh. said that uh, Hillary was saying that he wasn't a legitimate president. Did you say president. what the response was? So, the last time I saw it, it was like, it was like 
Yes, he is a legitimate president. Really? And it was very small. Wow. That's I mean, funny. it was like so, so lopsided. That's even more telling if she leans I know. Left, you know so. And if it was her followers that that went out to, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing that it is so, it's just almost, in. it's to the humorous level, the, the tactics and the rhetoric, because I think the vast majority of America is like, yeah, this is our president. Like, well, I don't get it. Why are you guys going after him like that? I love watch. I love seeing the the county map. Have you ever looked oh, at that? Is that the one you said that like went like a huge percentage? Everything oh, went to Trump. If you go, if you look at a county map of the United, United States, States, yeah, okay, county by county, and if and the red is Trump one and the oh. blue is Hillary one, it the the United States is red. <laughs> I mean, that's, it's that's interesting. Of, you told me that a long time ago. Yeah. <clears throat> With the exception of some very, either very sparsely populated or some very, very highly populated areas, it's 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 completely red. So I wanna I wanna say something, and that I love admitting this out loud because I want other people to do this. I want other people to talk about things they hear as a way to process them. Because yeah. I heard this uh, either last night or to or, or earlier this morning. I'm going I can't get the guy's name right, but I think I'll get close enough that people will know who it is. It's like Ramesh Panu. Okay. or something, was, was talking with Ben Shapiro. And he said some things that I'm going to grossly paraphrase, and I just want to, I don't want to try to quote him, but I want to talk about them topically, cause, and I think they, they really um, made sense to me. And he was talking about, um, I, I, I think Ben kind of phrased this uh, uh, narrative as the radicalization of the Democratic Party. I don't remember the, Christ, the, the, I don't remember the question exactly. But his response was not exactly answering the question, but he was saying, well, well, look, with the social, in the last, I don't know how many years, 20 years, maybe less than that, social issues have just ju- skyrocketed to the top of politics. I mean, it used to be, you know, more policy stuff, spending, entitled, you know, but, but social issues, particularly with Roe v. Wade and then with gay marriage, just skyrocketed to the top of politics. So... Social issues are a big deal. And as he was talking about the radicalization of the Democratic Party, he said, well, so you had this Democratic Party, and as social issues become more important, there's, there's a bunch of people that were Democrats that are like, well, the, and you might label them classical liberals, but they're like, those social issues aren't what's so important to me. It's these other things. Well, so you have then these other things are more important. So those people, allegedly according to him, jump ship and start saying, "Well, where can we go? Do we do we leave the Democratic Party? Do we become Republicans? Do we what what do we do here?" But the double effect of that is then that brings the slightly left leaning people over to the Republican Party. But it also makes the Democratic Party, since all of those people that kept it more centrist, it made it just dive left. Mm -hmm. So he said, I'm not sure that the party necessarily dove left. (laughs) I think people left. Well, what it sounds to me like he's doing is explaining the dive left, because the party certainly has... Yes, but but what he was saying was he doesn't think it was an intentional everybody that was Democrat said, oh yeah, this is the way we should go. Mm -hmm. That's not what happened. He said people that weren't uh, that weren't happy with and he didn't even blame it on a turn in the Democratic Party he said with the social he, I, I, if I'm 
understanding him correctly, said with the social issues rising, mm -hmm. they said, I'm really not into that. So yeah. they moved to the party that was more um, concerned about other mm -hmm. issues. Not that Republicans don't talk about the social issues, but they're definitely less important. Sure. And he said, what's happened is it's, it's just it's made the parties way further apart. And he, and he wasn't necessarily saying it's good or bad. He was just trying to describe what happened. And in, in the way he didn't answer Ben Shapiro's question, you know, he kind of talked about what happened instead of answering his question when he asked it. And that that really it made sense to me, and I'm like, okay, what what does that mean? What does that mean for the Republican Party? I think it's obvious what it means for the Democratic Party. It looks like they're just jumping down a hole that they're not going to come back from. But being a person that would probably identify myself as a libertarian, conservative Republican, constitutionalist, mm -hmm. whatever. <laughs> I'd be like, well, what's going to happen then here? Is is there are the people that are coming over going to pull pull us more left, or are they actually the type of people that are going to say give some give some balance mm -hmm. to? I don't know. I, I wouldn't call Republican ideas necessarily radical. I would call big government ideas radical. But I think he he might have said this. Either he either he said this or I imagined this myself. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. But the people that came over may have been more small government people as well. I think he was trying to label them. Sure. And so as they're coming over, then the Republican mm -hmm. Party becomes less, um, what's the word for the people that are big government establishment? Mm -hmm. Less establishment politics. Yeah. And I think if that's happening, that's a good thing. That's definitely yeah. a good thing. It is. I, I've kind of, uh, I think this is pertinent to the, to, okay. to the conversation. But I've kind of, uh, Ever since the Ron Paul days, I really, I really liked Ron Paul. That was a little hot. <laughs> did Not it get bad. you? <laughs> it did get me. My ass just fell off, duh. In on my on, on my leg. leg. <laughs> Go ahead. I, I, I liked Ron Paul a lot. Yeah. And I think that he did a lot of things right. I think that he got had so much energy going, especially from this sort of young contingent of politically motivated small government people, and he started a movement that. Got a I mean, he he made some waves. I know with the with the Republican Party because there were all these super motivated young people that were following Ron Paul, and they found out the secret, if it's a secret, that it's pretty easily to get. It's pretty easy to get in leadership in a party because a lot of people just don't want to do it. So you've got people that have sat on like these committees, yeah. like the local Democrat Party or the local Republican Party. There's people that have sat on these committees for decades that have just become complacent. Well, they had all these... Ron Paul, I know, on the Republican side, had all these young people that were super motivated coming in and taking over positions of, of leadership within the party, and that's why he did as well as he did. Yeah. I think that... So so I want to go two directions with that. First off, I think you had a lot of that happen also with the Democrat Party is one of the reasons for this dive left, that you had them finding out, hey, it's really easy to get into power, air quotes, power, um, and they have had a lot of people do that, and that's kind of hijacked a little bit of the party, and uh, therefore some of the people have left, and social issues have gotten pushed to the forefront. I think that there's been some of that. But I also wonder, um, out of that, and I know there's a huge contingent of people that see the world and see politics a lot like Ron Paul does, like the libertarian, mm -hmm. uh, very small government, you know, constitutionalist leanings. I... I was kind of hoping that we'd get a third party out of that because it se it seems to make more sense that you have a left leaning, uh, huh, there's a, get a phone call. 
you have a you have a left leaning uh, Democrat Party, you have a right leaning uh, Republican Party that are both pretty establishment. I was kind of hoping that we would get a third party of like constructionalist, libertarian, constitutionalist people. But you you know you raising the questions of here's all these people moving this way, here's all these mm-hmm. people moving that way. Do you ever think that we're going to get a third party? And if so, what would that do? to this polarization would it make it worse um okay you're asking me a lot of questions well it's it's in the area that's really hard for me to answer um i i i'm i'm shallow in knowledge but let me get tell you what i what i know um admitting that it's shallow and i'm a little bit ignorant here it seems like and i wouldn't have said this 10 years ago it seems like the two-party system is good because when i've looked at some of the systems overseas where there's where there's influence and where they have to form these coalitions because there are three or four parties what what starts to happen is there's like the majority it's like it's almost like the majority loses because when you have three parties then the two minorities thir- thir- can gang up against them well kind of but if if 36% wins Mm-hmm. That's really not winning. Yep. And and so, and of course, <laughs> that's that's one of the reasons why I feel like the two party system is good. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I don't. And this is what I want to be careful of what I'm saying. There is no rule against a third party. There is just there has never been a third party that can get there. come up the ranks and yeah. be strong enough to to affect the other two. Which is I think why Rand Paul ran on the Republican ticket. Which is. Um, I think if Ron Paul would have switched and run on a third party during the presidential election, what, what year was that? 2008? Oh, oh, back Obama? Second year I or think first it was, year? I think it was 08. Okay. <clears throat> I think we could have seen the emergence of a third party. Really? But I think that he probably may have had some of those things that you're saying in mind. Because I think it would make the polarization problem worse. I do think it would make di- general dissatisfaction They're- more prevalent. And again, I'm speaking out of ignorance here, but it seems like when you have to say, I'm going to go here or there and put my efforts in, there seems to be something a little bit more politically expedient. Politically expedient. The government moves slow enough, and it's meant to, and I'm okay with that. But there is something a little more politically expedient in mm-hmm. picking one side or the other and doing it. The thing about politics that I hate, and the reason I don't think I could ever be a politician, is because. And this worries me on a personal level too. It's hard for me to compromise because I see what is valuable and what is right. Mm-hmm. For instance, if when people talk about gradually moving the uh, moving the bar with regard to abortion, like I don't like that they would pass a law that would allow for abortion up to the third term. Mm-hmm. But if they could, if they could, the strategists would say, well, if we can say no third-term abortions, and then we can say no two-and-a-half-term abortions, and then in two more years we can do no t- no second-term abortions. And I'm like, that's really hard. You know, it's like, well, um, you can you can murder your kids sometimes. <laughs> yeah. you, you know, I mean, what if that was the vote? You can murder your kids, you know, between the ages of five and seven, but no no other time. Like, could I vote? I mean, if we were if we were killing our kids up until they were ten... Would I be okay with a law that says, okay, you can only kill them between age five and seven? Right. It's really hard to vote for that, but that would be better. <laughs> you know? 
it's the, it's the joke I heard where a gang member became a Christian and came to a revival meeting and said, praise God, I only killed three people this week. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. No, it's... <sighs> these are all questions that we have to wrestle with. Mm-hmm. I find compromise hard, too. I Sometimes, I guess. There, there's times when it, it's easy. But just depends on the issue and how invested you are in it. Really, doesn't it? I think so. I yeah, it is. It, it because you can't you can't fight for everything. You, know, you can't fight for everything all the time. That's why that's why I do think again we had a little bit of conversation at church about about mm-hmm. rights and responsibilities. That's why I think. And the thing about that is that politics politics kind of doesn't matter when it comes to rights and responsibilities because as a person, I know I have certain rights and I have certain responsibilities, and those are the things I have to take care of. Mm-hmm. And if I'm too busy taking care of those things, I'm not going to be fighting for too many others. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and you can you and this I think I think I this is where I have changed. I think uh-huh. because I I probably was a fight everything all the time person, mm-hmm. and then I came to a line a year or two or I, I don't know recently mm-hmm. in my life where I was like, okay, if I stay this person, I'm not going to get anything done yeah. ever because I'm going to waste my voice and my mm-hmm. influence and. And on, on dissenting, everything that I see is wrong, and I'm not going to have anything. No one will listen to me about anything that I can change. Yeah. So it's really hard to, to try to navigate that, but we do the best we can. Yeah. I, I like being an influencer more than more than a policy, more than a policymaker. Um, but there's something when, when you can look at, um, black and white, hard policy, Mm -hmm. it's a lot easier to say that's right or that's wrong. And, and why? Um, I, yeah, Mm -hmm. maybe we're, we're kind of just dancing around generalities here. Mm -hmm. I I, want to, I want to talk about, let's go ahead and get into the right to vape. We talked about it a little bit. Um, just because that was kind of mentioned on the last podcast, and I and I buckled a little bit, because so for those who didn't hear the last podcast, and we'll, we'll stop for a cigar update in a couple minutes. Joe, we were talking about you know, just touched on vaping. It was towards the end of the podcast, I think, and Joe said you don't have a right to vape, and I basically said okay, and I backed down. In my mind, I'm thinking, I, I don't know if I agree with him, but when, when you say you don't have a right to vape, that sounds right. Yeah, there's no God-given right to vape. And in my in the back of my head, I'm thinking, okay, I can't defend this because there's not a right to vape. So then, and I explained this to Joe already, and then thinking about it in the next couple days after the podcast, I said, no, wait a minute, you actually do have a right to vape, but it's not, but it's a, it's a result of other rights. Um, I said, I think my quote was, you don't have enumerated right. You vape. you might have you might have said because that. that's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not it's not like a human. It's not right. like listed in the. But. Uh, yeah, but because we have, according to the Constitution, um, uh, life, liberty, and property are the are the rights we have. So your labor is your property. The money you make when you use your labor is your property. The things you buy with your money, are, those things are your property. Those are the things that they're your responsibility. You can kind of do with them as you like. Your body is your property, um, and and even even to to some level. 
um, your children, even though we don't like using the word property with regard to people, it's more of a more of a line of responsibility. They're your responsibility that you need to take care of them. You get to make decisions for them. Um, so if you spend, if you work, you make money, and you buy a vape, and you put the vape into your body, that you do have that right. So that's, that's a link. It's a link of several rights that actually gives you the right to vape. Now, what you don't have the right to do is, or it would be reasonable to say, if you as a person who has a right to vape is vaping and blowing your vape smoke everywhere and it's affecting other people, at some point then your right might rightfully be limited. But if you're just in your garage vaping, you do have a right to vape. Sure. Um, and so when it, it's really hard for me when people say vaping isn't good for you, I'm like, eating hydrogenated oils isn't good for you. Let's make those illegal. And I don't want to make them illegal because I don't, I don't think that's the government's job. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's the government's job to make vaping illegal. I think the vape companies can try to sell their products and say they're fine and they're awesome. And if somebody else wants to, you know, start a nonprofit and say, no, vaping's bad, and go promoting it to everybody, the government shouldn't be involved with either one. The information will get out there. People will do, the, do what they want to do. People will promote what's bad, and it'll be fine. And I don't think the government should be involved with cigars either, but that's another <laughs> So, um, before you comment on that, Point taken. we'll do a... I, I would like to hear your, hear your. No, I don't have anything. You don't have to anything bad. Okay. Okay. All right. Nope. Well, let's do another <laughs> cigar update because I'm enjoying this cigar. Mm. It's always fun when it goes quiet. So, I'm not necessarily going to go first. You but, should. But there's something earthy in it. And it, it may be a transition. I'm not. I'm not sure if it was there in the beginning. Hmm. But there's something earthy. Earthy. Maybe. Maybe minerally. Maybe I'm getting that I, mineral. Yeah, I'm getting, I, I'm getting the mineral. A little bit of almond or nut. A little bit of wood, but it's hard to know because it, it's not coming across as cedar. But it maybe that is what it is. Well, I, yeah. And when it's aromatic wood, you're like, is mm -hmm. it a spice or is it wood? Right. You know, it's, it can that can be confusing. Yeah. <clears throat> I can't put my finger on the, the, the but the earthy mineral thing. There's there's something in there. Yeah. I haven't gotten any. I mean, I haven't had much transition at all. I'm getting. I'm in. I'm into the final third for sure. I'm not. The the thing hasn't changed much. A, no. A bit. It's it's very consistent. I and again, I I like this cigar for what it is. Um. um I would say there's no there's no um, burning spice anymore. There was just a hint in the beginning. Yeah. I don't think I'm. I think once I got down about an inch, I don't think that's there mm -hmm. anymore. There's mostly just, just that kind of initial spice. Yeah. But um, but that graham cracker nut, and that's sweet, mm -hmm. and I think there might there might be a. I would say there might be some cedar in it. I, I think I would go with the yeah. with the with a wood kind of an aromatic wood cedar. I would concede cedar. It's just not the first thing that popped in my yeah. brain for sure. It's you sound really smart when you say conifer though. That's a, conifer. That's what it was like. Yeah. <laughs> it, was like it was like conifer. This is pine or something. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> okay. Um, the sweet is almost like I'm not sure if the sweet cap is even there anymore. Yeah. Mine was gone a long time ago because I, I like. Yeah, oh, I yeah, love it so yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. Look at it, look at it. 
But um, but the but the but the tobacco itself, I can just tell. Even mm-hmm. the foot smoke, still, I can. There's a there's a sweetness to it that I really yeah. like, and then that's one of the things I love about the cigar. I never say creamy much with cigars. I'm not sure I know what creamy is. I I don't think I'm going to say this is creamy, but I do want to talk about. We I love oily cigars, and mm-hmm. I would say this is middle of the road. Yeah, it's it doesn't look oily. It doesn't feel real oily, but it's definitely not dry in the mouth. No, no not dry yeah. at all. It's got a great mouth feel, even mm-hmm. though it's and even though it's not as slick as I like. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. Not, I mean, I didn't even until you said something. I didn't even notice. Yeah. So I mean, it's just real enjoyable. That that, that that's a commentary in and of itself. Um. We didn't talk about the appearance at the beginning. Um, it's, I mean, they make a lot of these cigars, and they're not super expensive, you know, at five bucks a stick. So, you know, as many as they make, you're you're bound to run across a bad one. That it looked great, mm-hmm. it looked good, it was rolled well, no tears. I don't know, did it have a triple cap or a double cap? I'm not sure. Um, um, yeah, it's hard to say. It's hard to, hard really, to, hard to say. Really smooth, sleek leaf, yeah. though. It's not veiny or bulgy. It was just really, really neat looking. And just about the perfect pack and, and draw. The, the mm-hmm. pack, you know, it doesn't feel heavy or light. Draws great. Um, and that's just, I think that's what you'll get out of these cigars. I think they're just across the board good cigars. Yeah. Um, and I'm eager to try the Maduro and the Candela. I don't know if I said that on the podcast yeah. or not. But that's yeah. coming up in the next couple weeks. Mm-hmm. The Candelas are, they're not rare, but they make them and they sell out not super fast, but it's sometimes hard to find the Candelas. Kind of novelty. I yeah. And uh, in fact, sometimes the Maduros sell out too, but they, these you can always find. Mm-hmm. The Naturals you always find, but the Maduros and the Candelas, Candelas are more so rare. And but uh, Well, to speak to their marketing too, this would be a great cigar. If you are a poker player and you got the guys coming over to play poker in the garage, to have a box of these and pass them out would be a nice move. I mean... It just seems like that. I mean, that's maybe what where they market them to, but it's it would be great for that. Just well, yeah. And did, did you notice on the? Uh, it's not the wrapper. What's it called? The band. How mm-hmm. it had the cards. Yeah, yeah. It's called the game. And it had cards on it, and you know, so it's definitely marketed towards yeah. that. And the thing I like about it is that it's for somebody that even doesn't smoke cigars would probably still enjoy this, and it's probably a little mm-hmm. bit of a step up from just a, a normal mild cigar. It's uh-huh. a, this is a I don't know. There's a there's a two or three mild cigars that I really like, yeah. and this is one of them. So if you're so. sitting in your garage and your buddy pulls out his vaping pen, and you're like, nah, put that thing away. Yeah. Hey, give have him, a give back him one rack. of these. Yeah. Have a give back him one rack. of these. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to smell your raspberry <laughs> tart. <Yeah. laughs> it's funny. Oh, shoot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so. it's, it's a good cigar, though. Man. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else to add. It's burned, burned nice and straight. Yep. My, my humidor is doing great. I check the humidity every time I pull the cigars out. It's nice I, and consistent. Also, I guess to speak to the burn, I was kind of careless when I lit this. I toasted it just for a second and then just like lit it up and it was it burned perfectly straight. Yeah. So. Yeah. so. <clears throat> All right. So um, we were talking about the right to vape. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree with what you said. I think I was just saying you don't have a constitutionally enumerated right, but you can, I mean, clearly under, what is it, the Ninth and Tenth Amendments where it says, like, and you have the right to anything else that's not listed in here is, I mean, yeah, you're right. I think, I think uh, the discussion that we were kind of having, I think, is, is, is something to think about, though, and it's, it's like this idea of how it's easy, it's easy to give up rights that you're, that you don't care about or that, or that you don't. 
the hard thing is once you give up a right, it's really hard to get it back. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, well, and, and I want to clarify something. And people listening, I'll have to give just a little background. I was toying around with an idea, let the pagans be pagans. Mm-hmm. It's not something I necessarily agree with. I'm not sure if it's biblical, but there's some hints in the Bible that made me wonder if it was okay to think this way. So it was an idea I was playing with in my brain, seeing if I could work through it, because there's certain elements of it that seems right. And Joe and I were talking about it, and I, I wanted to tell Joe this, and so I'm going to tell him on the podcast, that when we were talking about the lady whose son wasn't treating her well, wasn't taking yeah, care yeah. of her, and she was, you know, wasn't changing her diapers. 89 and she, she years old and strapped yeah. to the bed. And yeah, exactly. I, I, want, I want you to know that I was trying to argue in my brain <laughs> that it's yeah. his mom, it's his right, it's his... That's his group responsibility, but I do think what he was doing in your scenario was wrong. Mm-hmm. And what we were talking about is the the best way to fix it, with or yeah. I was trying to get with or without laws. What's the mm-hmm. best way to fix it? And we do have laws that cover that. And I get nervous because when you start to say this is abuse, which if that eighty nine year old lady was being treated that way by her son, I would agree that it's abuse and agree that it should be fixed, but I get nervous when the laws start to define abuse. Yeah. And you've heard me mention this before because at some point somebody who's defining abuse, when the government gets that power, when when big government, when small government gets the power, I'm not quite as nervous. Mm-hmm. But then they start to say, Ah, you know what? I think if you teach your kids the Bible, that's abusing them. I don't know if we'd ever get there, but but you have yeah. to wonder. We've gotten a lot of places. We don't want to get there. Yeah, we That's don't the want to go there. Yeah. And so the balance of saying, yes, I'm okay with a law that would protect this 89-year-old lady and let the cops go in yeah. and, and, and it, fix that. It's really interesting, and it's a delicate thing, too, because you don't... And you also don't want to say that... Uh, for her to go to her doctor's appointments and for her to get her prescriptions regularly and on time and for her to uh, be cleaned and for her to, you know, have freedom to walk about. You don't want to... you want to be careful because you don't want to list those as rights. Like, every person has the right to this, right to that, yeah. because because then we do get into that fuzzy territory, like with vaccinations or something, where if you have a right to vaccines, then that right... In in, we're defending that right. Yeah. No, we're actually just forcing a medication right, on someone. Right. Yeah. So, so there are and and we didn't get into this, and I'm not going to get into it now. But but in those like neglect laws and stuff, there are a big list of of conditions that have to be met. Like they have to have the means to to care well for this person. They have to have the ability to care well for that person, and they have to. So it has to be a so willful it really, it really, act of... Oh, ne- it has to be like a willful... Well, that's good to know. Uh, yeah. ha- uh, malicious act of negligence. So. Well, and also... but the, I want to give credit okay. to the legislators because they, the laws they are written well. in a way to defend people good. that, hey, we just didn't know how to take care of this and yeah. we're doing the best we can, dang it. You know, we don't need to go to jail. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's good because you might have a... Per- the goal isn't to send the son to jail. No. The goal is to get the son to take care yeah. of his, his yeah. mom. And if he is willfully neglecting her, it still may not be to send him to jail. It may be to just say, "Hey, idiot, we have a program your, that'll yeah, take care yeah, of this. Get let's your crap get together. Let's let's yeah. let's help you out here. Do what, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. So, and in most cases like that, it's like they're they they did that so that they can collect the check for grandma. You know, they can collect grandma's social security check and not have to pay out for her medications. Yeah. 
So, yeah, it's, it's bad. There's some bad people, man. I'll tell you what. Uh, well, yeah. It's, and as, as we've said before, at, at the core, we're, we all have that human nature that is the, is the badness that oh, we sure. all are. Some sure. of us fight it better than others or in different areas better anyway. So, is there anything else we want to hit before we get to the end? Um, Do you want to talk about Carson King? Um, <laughs> sure. Kind of a fun thing. Yeah. I don't even know if it's worthwhile talking about, honestly. But it, it was fun. It was. I like. I like what he did. It was a fun little thing. That yeah. Happened. And so my understanding is he started to get enough. Like, was he originally? He wasn't trying to give donations. Originally, he just was showing. Just wanted beer money. Yeah, just wanted beer money. Yeah. But he got so much money, he decided I got to get people. Yeah, this, this isn't right. Yeah, he could have just taken it. Yeah, he could have just. Yeah. But because he started people giving, are fun loving and doggone it, they'll contribute to the beer. Fund. And that is so cool. That's America, you know. <laughs> that is America. Give this dude beer money, you know. Yeah. You, you know, so you're cool. making a good living. Give yeah. him, give him five bucks, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, the fact that he's and then so the, the things I'm not sure of is when he finally said, okay, I've got to give some of this to charity. Then some other people hopped on board. I don't yeah. know who. When it became known that he was giving it to the children's hospital, I mean, companies and people came out of the woodwork to add to the fund you know it was over I think it was 2.2 million wow that he was able to raise that way was it at a football game yeah it was at a yeah the Hawkeye Cyclone football game that's that's pretty sweet but then didn't some of the businesses get hammered because he well allegedly what happened was a a Des Moines Register reporter dug through his tweets found that he had retweeted a comedian's tweet in the past that had some racial things in it so a comedian made the tweet. This kid, ah, I'm 16, retweeted it because he was 16 when he did it, and that's what caused the whole thing. So then, so like Bush, Bush Light was going to make a commemorative can because of what this kid did, and uh, they pulled out. And they, oh, geez. They still donated mm. money, but not as much, and they pulled the commemorative can and things. So it was a little bit of a. There were a lot of people that were pretty mad about it, which you can see why. I mean, come on. Sure. And then it turns out that the reporter that reported that. Has way worse racial tweets, and then they ended up getting fired. Wow! I mean, like way worse. That's cool. I mean, I you know, <laughs> uh, cos- just cosmic justice. Yeah, they should have just totally just, just, just left, left it alone. alone. But I wonder if someday, and again, the marketer, <laughs> we're gonna have to go for the final scar update here in a minute. I wonder if someday people are gonna start marketing that way. Okay, so we're going to support this thing, but then we're gonna have one of our people find out something we're gonna like Man. like let's say i'm gonna make doug's beer commemorative can and we're only gonna release like a thousand of them and then we're gonna find this tree tweet and we're gonna get him in trouble and then we're gonna cancel it so those thousand that we released are gonna be really super valuable on the resale market but then yeah. we'll hold five thousand back that we'll sell on the resale market when they go up to fifteen dollars a bottle sounds illegal that doesn't it <laughs> or that but, it should be but at some point yeah. somebody's yeah. going to start marketing oh, that sure. way if they're not already the can the you cancel know? culture we should talk yeah. about the cancel culture next mm. time we should let's put that let's put that on the list yeah so because I print the what we're supposed to taste so small I can't read it anymore without That's my glasses right. so Joe's Joe's got to read it gotten delegated so what are we supposed to taste so it says uh, on the back right here it says expect a toasty creamy taste with a slightly sweet coffee taste hmm we didn't identify I didn't coffee. get coffee at all yeah. what did, let, me, let me try okay. for coffee but yeah didn't your other thing you said cocoa instead of coffee mm-hmm. I think those are close but I usually can differentiate the two 
I said chocolate milk, so I would I, yeah, I would lean close. more towards the cocoa. Yeah, I <clears throat> I tell you what, I didn't have a cup of coffee here today, but I bet if I did, it would really pop that coffee taste out. It might, it might, but um, I'm, I'm gonna stick with my I'm not light chocolate milk and cocoa. Yeah, I'll I'll echo the cocoa that was in your internet one that we didn't officially copy and put yeah. in our notes, but cocoa. Wasn't there something else? Cocoa and. Uh, it's gone now. Yeah, I don't remember what it was, but... It did have some other things. Maybe earthy, cocoa... Uh, Something. Nutty. There was a third thing. I don't remember what it was. I don't even remember. I don't know if I can identify. You were saying almond. <clears throat> I couldn't... I couldn't... I, nutty is all I could say. I couldn't echo the almond for sure. But um, when I taste sweet and nutty together, I always think of almond amaretto. So I always mm-hmm. think almond, but I never know for sure if I'm right, so... Um, yeah, I'm not sure nothing much has changed. I think as I'm getting closer to the end, that mineraliness... Mm-hmm. Or there's a, that earthy milk might be amping up just a little, and it might yeah. just be because we're you know we got two inches left. Yeah. You've got a little less than I have. I think it is amping up a little bit. <clears throat> so um, let's um, let's call it good. We we both like this cigar a lot. I'll buy it again. You know, for a for a five dollar mellow stick, it's good. Yeah. Um, and it's in it's definitely in my top five mellow sticks to to keep on hand. And I love the love the love the gum cap. That's sweet. Anything else? I think that's all. Well, I think that'll be a that'll be a wrap for today. So this has been fast hour. Yeah, the, this has been the Baccarat Churchill on Doug and Joe Talk dot com. Talk to you next time.